Hey, good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And help me put that over there so I can see my I need to start this. So good morning. Let me see if I can see this live yet. Hope everybody had a great week. Yep, I can see it. Oh, yep, I can see it. So come on, invite your friends. Um, it's Friends and Family Sunday at Fellowship of Champions. It's virtual service. And we're super excited to have you all. Welcome all champions. Is that just on my end? Where it just now says we're having trouble playing this video. I'm not sure. Maybe so. We have to wait a second to start over or something. Can you guys still see the video? Saying good morning. And we're live on Instagram already. Hey, Instagram people, what's up? What's up? What's up? You know, we're trying Mevo. Um, and so we are, you know, it takes a minute to make sure that every place we're supposed to be live, we are live. So you know what we want you to do? When you come in, we want you to tell us where you are watching from. We're glad to have you. Want to know where you're watching from? There we go. I'm back in. Al Thornton says he's family of Chandra Washington. Welcome, 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 welcome. Super excited. So if you want to go to IG and watch our millennials sing to love IG so you guys can connect over there. It's at FOCNWA. Invite your friends, friends, family Sunday. We're just super, super excited. You know, obviously we miss being able to gather together, um, but we are really thankful that for the technology that allows us to be able to gather in this way. And we're so thankful, um, you know, just for all of the um, technologies, the social media platforms, the different cameras that allow us to be able to connect in a way that we couldn't have done five years ago, 10 years ago in this season. Obviously, we're praying for a breakthrough um, in this pandemic, praying for a release, just not just a natural vaccine, but supernatural assistance as well. And we're thankful because we've heard so many testimonies mm -hmm. from people, so many testimonies who've come off of ventilators faster, people who have been exposed but didn't contract the virus. And we lift up all of our essential care workers. You know, we have a couple of doctors, a doctor, a pharmacist, some nurses that attend FOC, and we're praying for them um, every day that they would experience Psalms 91 protection and be divinely protected. We're praying for everyone who is out there in the trenches, and we're also praying that people would um, be wise even when they do have to go out, right? Like, we don't want to live tormented by fear. We don't want to be terrified, and but we also want to be able to hear God, which is why some of the big teaching we've been doing is about the ability to hear Holy Spirit, to get supernatural results to hear Holy Spirit, right? And so one of the things that I think is so important, um, we're going to be talking about the love of God today, which is one of my absolute favorite subjects. Maybe the love of God in the way that you may not have heard it before, because sometimes when we talk about the love of God, it comes up about how much we love God. Right. But we're going to be talking about it in a different way. I said that to say that when you really begin to understand how much God loves you, 
then when God gives you an instruction to go out, to not go out, to go to a certain store, to not go to a certain store, you understand that he's not trying to restrict you, but he is giving you those instructions because he is utterly in love with you and he is for you, right? So now some good housekeeping rules, right? There will be a link pin that will tell you how to give. We have a lot of modalities in which you can give. You can use um, push pay, text to give, titherly, and what, giveify. Mm -hmm. I always say get, sometimes get those confused. And then if you want to be a virtual partner, a virtual partner is someone who has said FOC is my church home, even if I didn't live in Northwest, don't live in Northwest Arkansas, then you just have to say you want to be a virtual partner. And um, last week we had seven people yes. who said they wanted to be virtual partners and were really excited about that. The Bible says to go ye in all the world. Now think about it. When Jesus said to go ye in all of the world, he um, he was talking to a people who didn't know planes yet. They didn't know cars yet. And now social media allows us to go ye into all of the world. And we're really, really excited about that. Absolutely. Now, each week, here's what we have going on at Fellowship of Champions. On Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central, we do prayer. And our prayer is open to the public. And we pray over people's lives. They pray for us as the pastors. Um, and we just pray. And we have had a new group of people who are coming to join us in prayer. And we appreciate that. And then on Wednesday, um, our associate pastor, Raphael Marlowe, teaches Refresh Bible Study at 8.30 p.m. Central. It has been a great tool to really help people get rooted and grounded in the love of God, understanding God's wisdom, his knowledge, how much he cares for us. And, um, and so we encourage you to join those services because while you may not be able to go to a local church right now, you can still attend church. You can still grow in the word and you want to do everything you can to expose yourself to the word that is going to root you and ground you so that no matter what is going on in life, you are rooted and grounded in how much God loves you, his divine protection for you and the wisdom. Now, this last thing that they always remind me to say. Hey, listen, if you happen to jump on here and you don't believe something that we believe and, you know, you think whatever you think about Christians, you think whatever you think about us, go ahead and leave the broadcast. Because if you stay in and cause trouble, we got a smooth block thing set up over here, right? And sometimes people are shocked to hear that from believers and they think, oh, you should just turn the other cheek and let people do whatever they want to do. But the Bible never tells us to allow people to disrupt other people from going in the word of God. So if you happen to jump on and you don't like something, just go ahead and leave. Find you a place that you do like. Have you a great day. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Anything that I covered off? I think you covered it off. <clears throat> I think you did. So this morning, uh, we're going to get started right into the word of God. Uh, I think Pastor Shelly took care of all of our housekeeping uh, items. And so, as you can see, those of you that are following us on Facebook, uh, we are going to be talking this morning about how it's God's priority to love us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an amazing topic. Uh, I think it's one that doesn't get uh, enough uh, attention. Uh, we talk, even in our church, a lot about faith, but you're going to find out today uh, that, that love, or God's love, the power of God's love is actually what uh, causes our faith to actually work. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this morning, as we get started, uh, I, I just want to jump into the Word of God. I wanna, I'm going to share some scriptures with you. Uh, we're going to talk to you uh, about some things that you may not have quite heard the way we're going to explain them. You know, a lot of times people, uh, 
especially new Christians, depending on where they've gone to church or who they've listened to, uh, they have what I call a wrong idea of God. Uh, they see God as almost like a boogeyman. He's some uh, entity, some deity who's waiting on you to mess up so he can push some magical red button so he can uh, punish you or send you to hell. But that's not the kind of God that we serve. Uh, that's not the God that we read about in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. uh, and we live in the New Testament dispensation. The Bible says that you and I have a better covenant. Uh, it's not that the old covenant was just totally done away with. It was improved through Jesus Christ. And so this morning, we're going to start out. Uh, the first scripture I want us to look at is in the book of 1 John. First uh, John chapter 4, uh, verse 7 through 8. And I'm going to let Pastor Sean pray, and then we'll get right back to that verse. Amen. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you have said that anytime we can see you and understand that we would be converted and healed. And so as we tackle the subject of love this morning, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and uncover our eyes um, and remove the scales from our eyes and any deafness from our hearing that keeps us from seeing the Father exactly as he is. We thank you that we have the right to receive the love of God. We have the right yes. to receive the revelation of the love of God. We have the right to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. And so we bring ourselves into agreement with the will of God today that we would know how deeply we are loved, that it would shape our life. It would change our response to God and it would change our response to ourselves and others. Yes. We thank you for the signs, wonders, and miracles that will happen because we receive the love of God, the healings, the transformations, mm -hmm. the restorations of relationships, yep. the breakthroughs in every area, and we believe that we receive it all in the name of Jesus. God will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. And listen, as you're getting ready, as we're getting ready to read this scripture, I want you to go ahead and type into the comment section, those of you on Facebook or Instagram, just type this. Say, I am deeply loved by God. Amen. I am deeply loved by God. And then go ahead and give some hearts to that if you believe that, uh, if you're on Facebook, because I'm telling you the Father is deeply in love with you. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 8, it says, Beloved, let us love one another. It says, For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. It says, And they knoweth God. But I love this last part. It says, he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. So God doesn't just love us uh, as, as, a, as a verb, as an action, but he actually uh, is a noun. He is love. God is love. And so everything that, that comes out of God comes from a place of love, the way he looks at us, the way he cares for us, the way he thinks toward us. All of that comes from a place of love. So you have to uh, solidify this morning that it doesn't matter what you've been taught before or what you've heard. You are deeply and, and, and thoughtfully loved by God. Every single one of us uh, on the inside of us has a desire to be loved. Uh, we, we, we come here with it because the Bible says we were created in his image. And so because we were created in his image, the idea of, of receiving love and actually giving love, too, naturally, is a part of us. Now, the world happens. Things happen to us that can stop us from wanting to do that. But, but we have to realize today that, that God's love is so powerful, it's like the engine uh, that causes everything else to run. 
God loves us with, with a love that is so great that we truly don't have the human capacity to even understand it. We, we don't we, we think we do, but we don't because we we in our human capacity uh, we love people conditionally, even if we don't realize it. We say we love people unconditionally, but all of us, if we're honest, could probably say there's something that somebody could do to us that will cause us to stop loving them. Yeah. Um, and, and, and as, as deep as we would like to be, as spiritual as we like to be, in our humanity, there is a limit to our love. Yes, absolutely. But, but, but in God, there is no limit to his love, which is why the Bible says that while we were yet in our sins, he was yet reconciling himself, reconciling us back to himself. Mm -hmm. He was loving us when we weren't thinking about him. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that's, that's so important for us to understand because God is ready for us to receive his love because when we receive his love, it actually, it actually powers our faith. And the Bible says that uh, all the promises of God are what? Received by faith. Right. So if all the promises of God are going to be received by faith, what's going to power our faith? And I think that's what we don't talk about enough. It is the love of God that's going to power our faith. There's a scripture in Psalms 8, uh, Psalms chapter 8, verse 3 through 8, and it reads like this. It says, when I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, he asked the question, he says, what is mankind that you are mindful of him? It says human beings that you care for them so much. It says you have made them a little lower than the angels. And we know that word actually in the Bible is, is the word Elohim, mm -hmm. which means he has made you and I a little lower than God himself. Uh, we, we are not angels. We don't die and get wings. Uh, that would be a demotion for us because angels do our bidding. That we speak and angels go. We're sons uh, of God. We're sons of God, which is which is a, which is a higher level than being an angel. We are called sons of God. And he says, he says, you have made them a little lower than the angels, and you crowned them with glory and honor. Now he did all this before we ever asked him to come into our life. He he did he did all of this before we ever had a revelation of how good he was to us. He did it because he loved us. He says, you made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. All flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds of the sky, the fish in the sea, and all that swim the path of the sea. In other words, he said, listen, if you look at everything that exists, everything that exists, look at us and our relationship with God, it marvels at it. It marvels at it. it says, even the angel says, what is so, what's so special about man that you made him just a little lower than yourself? And it's because God loved us that much. And because God loved us so much, because he, he poured himself into us, he not only wants us to, to he, not, he not only wants to love on us, he wants us to understand that love so it can power our faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem I think sometimes we have in the church. We still have this idea that God is like this boogeyman God. You know, but we don't serve a boogeyman God. We serve the God of the, God of the New Testament. The one who said he poured out all of his wrath, all of his anger, all of his vengeance. He poured all of that out in Jesus Christ. So God's not looking to get us. God's looking to bless us. In fact, we mess up so many times, he's still looking to bless us because that's how much he loves us. And so this morning, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to start off, and Pastor Sean's going to talk to you about some things that we believe every 
uh, believer needs to understand about how the love of God benefits them. Because there, there are five or six things that we have realized over time that absolutely allows God uh, love to permeate through you. And before she does that, I'm going to read my last scripture uh, for this section. It is Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. It lets us know that even in the midst of trouble, God is still with us. Amen. Even in the midst of trouble. The Bible even says like this. It says trouble doesn't last always. And in fact, another scripture says weeping may endure for the night, but joy will come in the morning. But the joy he's talking about, the reason it comes is because you know that God loves you and he gives us new mercies every single day. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 through 39 says this. It says, for I am persuaded. Come on. That neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Amen. Amen. It says, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It says, our faith in him. See, watch this. He loves us. He gives us a measure of faith. Remember, we talked about that. And then he gives us his love to power the faith that he gave us. He says, our faith in him reassures us of this. So when we talk about uh, developing your faith, it's not just so you can get things. We want you to develop your faith so you know how much God loves you. So even in the most dire of circumstances, you know nothing can separate you. You know God's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's never walked away from you. It doesn't matter what, what horrific thing you did. God still loves you. It says our faith in him reassures us of this. He'll never let us down, and he'll never leave us to struggle alone by ourselves. And that's worth the shout right there. He'll never leave us alone to struggle by ourselves. You hear that? He will never leave you alone to struggle by yourself. It says this knowledge, what knowledge? That he will never leave us alone to struggle by ourselves. This knowledge gives us a tremendous advantage over the world. It gives us a tremendous advantage. You ought to go ahead and type that in your comment section. Say, I have the advantage. I have the advantage. You know, I just think that this is such an important topic because, you know, you said earlier, um, you know, um, we don't need to use our, just use our faith for things. But the reality of it is, is that when we get rooted and grounded in the love of God, the Bible says all these things will be added unto us. Added. Sometimes because we don't really know how much God loves us, we reduce our faith to getting things. Yes. Instead of allowing our faith to connect us to the fact of how deeply we are loved by God, how he has shown that love to us, right? And when we aren't rooted and grounded in the love of God, we will allow the enemy to bring things in our lives and actually think that God did. Yeah. Now, it's really important because you say we treat God like a boogeyman. I, I say something a little stronger. I say we treat him like a terrorist. We treat God that, like he terrorizes us, that if we mess up, that he's out to get us. But one of the things we taught a series years ago that said God ain't mad no more. And we know that ain't isn't proper English, but it really drove home the point. That God is not mad anymore. And a bigger thing that I think we need to settle, because the Romans says be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you need to settle that if God was out to get you, no one would stop him. Who could He's stop God. Who, who stop could him? stop him? He's not out to get you. In fact, the Bible says that while we were sinners, he was reconciling. He was working a plan, bringing us back. 
Now, I don't just want you to look at what Jesus did on the cross, although that's the biggest part. I want you to think about when you were in the world, before you were living for the Lord, how many times God helped you, how many times he stepped in for you, how many times he restored you. It shouldn't have been enough money for rent, but he made a way some way. It shouldn't have been enough money for this, but it wasn't, you could have got in an accident. You drove while you were drinking. All these ways where God intervened in your life. Why did he do that? Because he is utterly in love with yes, us. Yes. And one of the things that we see a lot is the Bible tells us that this whole word is for our instruction, yeah. is for correction, is for doctrine, and it's for reproof. Yeah. But it lets us know something real clear in Hebrews that goes to a point that you made earlier, that we live under a better covenant. Mm -hmm. And I want to look at that scripture in Hebrews, the eighth chapter and the sixth um, verse is talking about Jesus. And it says, but he now has obtained a more excellent ministry by by how much he is also the mediator of a better covenant. I want everybody to say a better covenant. Yes. We look in the Old Testament, we see the promises, blessed going in, blessed coming out, giving you the power to get wealth. But it says that Jesus now mediates, he is the mediator over a better covenant. You can look in the Old Testament and see it was some really dope promises. But you can also look in the test, Old Testament and see that it was some really bad stuff that happened when they didn't obey God. He says, but now Jesus is the mediator over a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. So the promises for the New Testament believers, they are better than anything we read about in the Old Testament. Aren't you glad about it? it. Aren't you glad about it? Some of you who've talked bad about your pastor, aren't you glad that you don't live under the Moses dispensation where he said, whoever talked bad about Moses, open up and get swallowed up? Thank God for that. Because sometimes we give opinions about things that we shouldn't. We say things about people that we shouldn't. Praise God for a better covenant with better promises. Mm -hmm. And then he said, for if that first covenant had been faultless, then there should be no place to have sought a second one. He says, if what happened in the Old Testament, if it was perfect, if it was complete, it wouldn't have been a need for there to be a second covenant. So then Jesus comes as the mediator of the second covenant. It says, finding fault with him, with them, for he said, behold, the days come, said the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of, jo- of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant and I recorded, I regarded them not. He's saying the covenant that I made with them was a covenant that they it, they needed to be righteous to receive. Mm-hmm. They needed to keep all of the rules. They needed to not mess up. And if they messed up, then they got separated from what God had for them. And then he says, um, he says, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their heart. And I will know I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. Somebody say Holy Ghost. How did he do that? The Holy Ghost. You accept Jesus and you get sealed with the Holy Ghost who now writes the laws of God on our hearts and in our minds. And then it says, um, for, and they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord for all shall know me for the least to the greatest. I love this. 
In verse 7, it says, For if the first covenant had been faultless, there would be no occasion for the second covenant. The reason that I think that this is so important as we teach about the love of God is because many believers are still so sin conscious. We're sin conscious towards ourselves. We believe if we mess up that God is withholding his love, that he's not willing to help us. We're sin conscious towards other people. If we think they didn't do it all right, they we think they get discounted um, from everything that's going on, right? And we want you to know that if you're really going to receive the love of God, God's priority is loving us. That every single thing that he did for us, he did because he loved us. In fact, why did he give his son? John 3.16 says why? For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. Every single human being and the creation that he made. Not just the people, but the creation. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him will not perish. It's for this reason that I'm going to give you some important facts about the love of God. Including the development of your faith, there is nothing more important in the life of a, of a Christian than developing in the love of God. We are not talking about you trying to love God more. Right. We are talking about uh, Galatians 5 and 6. It says the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Look how God, good God is. God says, number one, you can't live right. Right. So I'm going to send Jesus in order to deal with your righteousness. And then now, instead of dealing with you according to all of your mess ups, I'm going to deal with you based on what Jesus did on the cross when I poured out all my wrath on him, right? You've already proven me as, to me as human beings, you can't love me well. So I am going to give you the Holy Spirit that's actually going to take my love towards you my love, who I am, and put it in your heart so you love me and other people from that love, right? He says, I already know your faith will fail you, so I'm going to give you a measure of faith. That is how good God is, that every single thing that we need to be victorious, he gave it to us. He doesn't ask, it to ask us to conjure it up. And that's why walking in love can be so difficult mm -hmm. because we look at our human ability. I can't forgive them for that. I can't give them another chance. I can't do that. He's like, I know you can't. That's why, excuse me. <clears throat> I know you can't. That's why I gave you something superior because when you can't, I can. Mm -hmm. Right? And so it says, without love, you block the answers to every single one of your prayers. And here's what I see in that. When you don't understand how much God loves you, even when solutions show up, you will reject them. Yes. You will disqualify yourself. You will be like, I don't deserve this help. You will be like, there's no way that God could really be helping me. Mm -hmm. Whatever the thing that you might think in that, when you don't understand the love of God, you will disqualify yourself from everything. You've heard people who say, I got to get myself together before I get saved. Yep. That means they don't have a revelation of the love of God. You could never get yourself together in order to be saved. Salvation is a gift. Mm -hmm. And then failure. Now, now failure, one of the things we say is we say what, what Jesus did for us in identity. He made us righteous. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit wants to do for us in character. Yeah. He wants us 
to be conformed to what th this new work that's in us, right? So we've been born again, we're new believers, we're new creatures, and now the Holy Spirit's job is to help us to become in character, to reflect on the outside what Jesus did in our spirit man. And when we don't develop in the love of God, it causes us to be weak in our character. Yep. We say things like, I'm just keeping it real. Yep. I'm just going to tell it how it is. I'm going to put my religion down. We say things like that because we're trying to make it. When we get to the end of our capacity, we don't step into his capacity. We typically use that as an excuse to do what it is that we want to do. Yep. Right? Absolutely. To do what we want to do. All right. And, and, and because when we talk about, you know, being weak in character, we're not talking about doing things like, you know, people think of character as outward issues. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about when you don't develop in the love of God, it weakens your character. What it does is it weakens things like your fortitude to believe God in difficult situations. It, it weakens your ability to stand when God's giving you a word. We've said many times before that faith begins where the will of God is known. Well, if you have weak character, even when you know the will of God, you'll give up on it because you don't have a fortitude to stick to mm -hmm. it because of outside circumstances. And so she said all of that to say that in essence, walking in love is the essence of Christianity. You know, when we talk about what does it mean to be a Christian, you know, that word Christians wasn't a, a, a good word at first. Uh, the, the, the Bible says they first used that word at Antioch, and it was people who were mocking the people who were following uh, after Jesus. And it says, oh, look, there are those Christians. There are those people who are believing with, with this Jesus, uh, the son of Mary uh, and, and Joseph are talking about. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't this glorified word that, oh, I'm a Christian, and people thought it was wonderful. But walking in love is the thing that set them apart from everybody else at that time. And it ought to be the thing that sets us apart from everybody else during this time. But the issue is, is that we, we spend so much of our time seeing love or the love of God as being something that's weak. Mm -hmm. In reality, the love of God is strong. Uh, you know, and, and, I, and I get it. People don't want someone to take advantage of them because, you know, they say, well, I'm a loving person and people are going to take advantage of you. Understand, there is, a, there is such a power associated with love that when you walk in it according to God's Away, no one can take advantage of you. Because why? What's the power? The power is the Holy Ghost, right? It's the thing that's fueling us. And the Holy Ghost will always tell you things or guide you in the direction, if you'll listen, that will keep you safe and unharmed. Well, but say this though. That doesn't mean that people won't think they took advantage of you. Fine, but someone thinking they took advantage of you and you obeying God are two totally different so things. So if someone comes to you and they ask you for some money and they really didn't need the money and the Lord tells you to give them the money and you find out they really didn't need the money. They the question is, did you obey God? Did you, did you obey God? Because if you obey God, then, then you they didn't feel take advantage of you. and you fulfill the essence of what Christianity is, which is obeying God and walking in love. And so walking in love, walking in the love of God is a huge part of the Christian life. It's one that I don't think we get a chance to talk about enough. And, the, and in fact, if you if you study the scripture, you'll find that everything we do actually depends on our ability to understand the depths of God's love. The proper working of our faith depends on it. The manifestation of all the gifts of the spirit. You're not going to be a person who's going to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, and you're not walking in love. You're not going to be able to prophesy because if you prophesy, you will get a word, but you won't. If it's not filtered through love, you will give it in the wrong way or at the wrong time. 
so the proper working of your faith depends on love. The manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit depend on love. And the promises of God and the degree to which they get manifested on your behalf, those things also depend on the love of God. You know, a lot of times people get frustrated because they get these words and people prophesy to them and they give them words of knowledge and they give them all this stuff. And it's true. But the thing that's blocking them is that they don't walk in the thing necessary to receive what's been prophesied to them. Uh, the kingdom, the, the kingdom's currency, we talk about the kingdom currency being faith, right? But the system in which all of that currency and everything else works in the kingdom is upheld by love. It's upheld by love. How do we know that? Well, the Bible tells us in Matthew 22 uh, and verse 37. If you read Matthew 22 around verse 35, 36, 37, you find out that what was happening is you had these Pharisees and these Sadducees trying to trip Jesus up. They were trying to get him to, to say something that would contradict his word so they could say, aha, you're not really the Messiah because you contradicted yourself. So they asked him, they said, okay, you know, Moses gave us the Ten Commandments, but which one is the greatest commandment? And Jesus responds to them by saying, you must love, your, the, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. He says, this is the first and the greatest commandment. He said, but don't get it twisted. The second one is just as equal to it. He says, and that is that you must love your neighbor as yourself. And then in verse 40, he says, the entire law and all the demands of the prophet. So anything that you can read from Genesis to Malachi, and then anything you can read from Matthew to Revelation. He says, everything in, in, in what we contain in our Bible, in the book, he says, everything, and even things you can't read there that I'm just telling you, he said, every single one of those things are based on these two commandments. What? That you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, and your mind. He says, and when he says your soul and your mind, he's talking about that, that part of us, our, our, our intellect, but he's also talking about that part of us emotionally. He says, you got to love God with everything. He says, and the second one is just like it. Now, people, people don't realize this, but as important as it is to you loving God that way, he says, I need you to love yourself that way so that you can love your neighbor that way. He says, and if you can love your neighbor that way, then you are extending my love to someone else. Mm -hmm. He says, in all of the demands of the prophets, every book, every law, every promise, Every manifestation you want is going to hinge on those two things. I always describe it like this. It's like if you have a curtain rod. And most people know what a curtain rod is. You've got a curtain rod, and it's held up typically by two entities on both sides. If you imagine a curtain rod, and on each one of those little round hooks that we put on through, through the rod is a promise or a manifestation or a law of God. As long as both of those hooks are holding that rod up, everything stays in place. But if you take not loving God with everything away, all of the promises and manifestations fall off. He says, but even if you think you're loving God the right way, but you're not loving yourself and your neighbor the right way, and this part falls off, everything slides off. So everything we do in Christianity is based on us doing these things, that we love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and that we love our neighbors in the same way that we love ourselves. He says, and if you do that, that is the essence of walking in Christianity. And what happens is we don't learn how to do that just automatically. you got to commune with the Holy Spirit. He teaches us because there's some folks who are hard to love. 
It's some folks who are hard to love. Let's just be honest. You know it. I know it. I may be one. You may be one to them. But it's some folks who are hard to love. So he doesn't ask us to love them in our own ability. He asks us to love them through the power that he gives us. He says, I know you didn't have the ability to love so-and-so. That's why I have endued you with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, another one, another name for the Holy Spirit is the word deutimus. That word deutimus means power. He says, I've endued you with a power to love the unlovable. Well, well how did so he good. do that? Because he did it for us. He had the same power to give him the ability to love us when we were unlovable. He says, now I've deposited that same love on the inside of you. So don't say you can't love them. You know, and, and we say things like, well, I'm going to love them, but I'm going to love them with a long-handled spoon. But that's not what he said in Scripture. He never said anything about loving them with a, long, with a long-handled spoon. He says, my power is so great that my love will actually cause them to change. And, and you think about that, loving someone enough that you could cause them to change. That's a powerful love. Without love, nothing works. Nothing works in the kingdom without love. Everything is upheld by love. Love is the battery that enables your faith to work properly. I always use this example. You can have the most expensive flashlight in the world. It can have the, the, the most lumens of any flashlight ever made. But if it has to be powered by a battery and you don't have the battery, it doesn't matter how great the flashlight is. It doesn't matter how expensive the flashlight is. It doesn't even matter how indestructible the flashlight is. It will not fulfill its purpose if it's not powered by the battery. Love is the battery that powers your faith. So you can say you've got mountain moving faith, but the Bible will tell you, we're going to see this later. If you don't, if you got mountain moving faith, if you can lay hands on the sick, if you can prophesy, but you don't have love, the Bible says you are nothing. You are just a, a useless gong. In other words, you're just making a whole bunch of sound, but you're not doing anything. Why? Because everything must be powered by love. Just as the word of God carries the faith of God in it. The love of God carries the anointing and the power of God. Did you hear that? Just as the word of God, it carries the faith of God. We know that's true because we say faith comes by what? Hearing. And by hearing what? The word of God. So God's word carries faith, but the love of God is the power. And you need both of those in order to see manifestation take place. Amen. You know, um, a scripture, I'm sure we'll see it later, but it says perfect love casts out fear. Mm Mm-hmm. Perfect love casts out fear. And for when people feel like their faith isn't working, what they really mean is that they don't have a revelation of the love of God. Mm-hmm. So they're looking to see, have I done everything right to qualify? Or they think they, they think they need to add more faith. They we know that it's not right. true. You, but when you become aware of how much God loves you, mm-hmm. um, and when you be, become aware that God is love, love is not something that he does. So everything he does he does from a place of love. Everything. Everything he does. He sent Jesus for love. He is Jehovah Rapha because he loves. He is Jehovah Jireh because he loves. Watch this. 
He chastises us because he loves. Because he loves us. Because he loves. He us. gives us restrictions because he loves. <laughs> us. Not because he's mean. Not because he wants to to us to have a bad day. Everything he does, he does from a place of love. And when we aren't adults, when we aren't mature in the love of God, we act just like children yeah. do when their parents give them yeah. restrictions. Yeah. So now we think that God has said no about a job or moving to a city or dating a certain person because. He don't want us to have nobody or he's still punishing us from something that we did because we don't fully understand how deep his love is for us, how invested he is yes. in our redemption. So God is love and the kingdom of God. So um, the king, God is love and his kingdom operates by love. Yes. So love is a law. In the United States, we have some laws. We have a lot of laws. We have a lot of laws. In the kingdom of God, there really is only that one law. Yes. To love the Lord with God with all of your heart and love your neighbor as you love yourself, yes. right? What's a law? A law is an established principle that works for everyone. Yes. I want to go back to Matthew 6 and 33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. The challenge, I believe, for a lot of believers is that they get saved. And they don't know how this new kingdom operates. So it would be like if you and I packed our family up and moved to the Gold Coast of Australia. Mm -hmm. We would have to know what laws govern the Gold Coast in order to have the best experience. Right? And, and we can't assume that previous laws in a previous kingdom work in a new kingdom. Yes. We can't assume that. And you need to understand this, that the kingdom of the enemy, the kingdom of this world is run by fear. Yes. People think that the opposite of fear is faith, but it's not. The opposite of fear is love. The love of God casts out fear. It doesn't say that faith casts out fear. It says it's the love of God that kicks fear out of doors. How do you know it's fear? It's torment. Mm -hmm. Too many believers are living in the kingdom, still living under the system of fear, so they're constantly tormented. Tormented that they're not going to have enough. Tormented that God don't see them like he see other people. Tormented that they're going to get sick. Tormented that they can't recover if they do get sick. What do you need to do? You need to let this word reveal the love of God to you. Yes. Yes. The word of God needs to reveal the love of God to you. So a law is an established principle that works for everyone. And praise God that the kingdom of God is not like America where the laws are not always evenly, right. evenly distributed. Right. In the kingdom of God, this law of love belongs to everybody. It's like the law of gravity. The law of gravity is one of those laws that applies to everybody. Yep. If you obey and everything. And everything. <laughs> if you obey, if you owe, if you fat, if you skinny, if you're a chair, if you're a car, if you go up, you must come down. If you get rooted and grounded in the love of God, your faith can't help but work. And I want to you want to say something? Well, I just think it's such an important point that you made because we say all the time that you know that, that love casts fear out of doors. But the scripture actually says perfect love. And when it says perfect love casts fear out of doors, it's not even talking about how we perfect it. It's talking about God himself. God himself will cast fear out of doors. He is love. There is no better perfection of the manifestation of love besides God himself, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit in us. He says, don't try to, to use your intellect or your mind to love, because if you do that, eventually fear can overcome that. Because the only thing that casts perfect fear out 
is this idea, the only thing that, that, that casts fear out is this idea of perfect love. Well, what is perfect love? It's God. It's the presence of God. It's the presence of God. It's the presence of God. That's why the Bible says he's given us the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to come and dwell on the inside of us who reveals the heart of the Father. There is no way that you see the heart of the Father and then you still think God is mad at you. There is no way that you see the heart of the Father and then you still think that God made you sick because you were shacking. There is no way that you do that. The Bible says that his love will compel you. It will draw you. Now, here's what I want to say about a law that I think is important, right? A lot of times people say God is love, and they use God is love to justify doing whatever they want to do, right? But when the Bible says God is love, you and I don't get to define what that love looks like. He's already defined that love by the word of God. So I don't now get to say, oh, God said you know, don't lie, but I really, I, he, God is love, so he don't care if I lie. That's not how this kingdom works. He wants the Holy Spirit to begin to teach us the way that we should go so that our mind is in alignment with the kingdom of God. And in the beginning, anytime you're in a culture, I went to law school, and in, in the beginning of law school, they indoctrinate us because they want us to stop thinking about issues like normal people, and they want us to think about issues from a legal mindset, right? So in the beginning, we would argue about things, and we would say, but that's not fair. And they would say, but according to the rule of evidence, it can't be admitted, right? So we had to learn to think like the law. Mm -hmm. God wants us to learn to think like him, not just make up our own rules and shift it in and say, this is fair, this isn't fair, we ought to be able to do this, we shouldn't be able to do this. But no, he wants this us to become so saturated with his kingdom that we think and move just like him. And one of the things that I think will help debunk this whole idea of, you know, well, 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 well I love God, or God loves me, and he understands me. The Bible is very clear. It makes a very simple statement. And here's what he says. Jesus says, if you love me, do one thing. Keep my, my commandments. So, so, to, so to willfully not keep his commandment flies directly in the face of saying that you love him. It's like it's like having a, a child who says, Mom and Daddy, I love you, but at every opportunity, they're looking for a way to defy you or lie to you or disrespect you. Th that's not showing love. So he says, hey, if you love me, if you make the determining factor, right? He says, I'm going to know you love me. I, I love you. I love you because I did what I said I was going to do, which was to rescue you and pay a price that you couldn't pay. He says, now, if you love me, all I'm asking you to do is to keep my commandments. And he don't even ask us to keep his commandments because he's some hard taskmaster. He asks us to keep his commandments because his commandments do several things. They keep us safe. They lead us toward prosperity. They help us in our health. They help us with our relationships. It helps us in our vocation. He says, listen, my commandments are designed to cause you to prosper. That's why he says in Jeremiah 29 and 11, he says, I have plans for you. I have thoughts for you. He says, and they are thoughts of increase to give you hope and to give you an expected end. So when we talk about this love of God, God, we're not telling people, hey, you got to love God and not do. We're saying you got to love God and know what to do. Because when you know what to do, you frame your world in such a way that you're, everything you're doing is coming from a place of love. And when you come from a place of love, you can't be stopped. 
I love it. Think about this, though. If you combine the scripture that you just gave, if mm-hmm. you love me, keep my commandments, and you go back to Matthew where he tells you what the commandments yeah. are, everything that God is asking us to do is going to show love towards us. Yeah. It's going to show love towards God, yeah. and it's going to show love towards others. Think about it just like this. So uh, he said, you know, don't commit adultery. Right. Right. Don't commit adultery. That's about showing love towards God, mm-hmm. right? I'll give you a good spouse. Mm-hmm. You don't have to break up somebody else's covenant, yeah. right? Yeah. That's about showing love to yourself. Yeah. You don't have to stoop low and get involved in a relationship that's not your relationship. Yeah. And it's about showing love to others. Yeah. You don't hurt the other person. You don't right. hurt this. Uh, so I, I want y'all to begin to think about it. And when he's talking about not lying, when he's talking about not coveting, when you're coveting, it's because you don't believe God will take care of you. Yes. So you got to be greedy and lust after something somebody else has. He says, no, 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 no. If you love me, stay in this love. Do what you do because you love me. Do what you do because you love you and do what you do because you love others. And it's a very simple way to live because even Jesus was not trying to put us under six back under the 633 laws of the Old Testament. It's a very simple thing, even in giving correction to somebody. Because like sometimes when we want to help somebody, we really don't want to help them because we want them to be free. We want to help them because we're tired of them getting on our nerves. That's true. We That's Listen, true. True. sometimes we don't really want people to be free for them. We want them to be free for us. So now when you correct your kid, are you correcting your kid? What you're about to say, even if it's right. Are you saying it to make them better? Or are you saying it to make a dig because you're aggravated and you're irritated right now? When you're finally going to say that thing to your husband or your wife, is that really out of a place of love to honor God, to honor them, to honor yourself? Or are you just going to get that off your chest because you have held it long enough? And so because law is a love, our next point is that God's love is preeminent. Yes. God's love is preeminent. Pre-eminent. Right? Yes. What does preeminent mean? It means it's above whatever was first. Yes. So whatever you had in first, so whatever was in first place in my life before I was a believer, whatever was in first place in your life before you were a believer, there is now something else that's preeminent. God's love, God's is, preeminent. love is preeminent yes. because his love is the superior source of power. You ought to put that in the comments. Yep. The love of God is the superior source of power. I love the love of God is the superior force of power. The Amen. superior force, superior the superior force. source, yes. both of them, force yes. and yes. source yes. of power. What does that mean? That means if you read when Jesus would look at the people, it says that he had compassion. Mm-hmm. He was scared. So when he laid hands on the sick, when he released healing, the power source that was driving Jesus was love. Yeah. When Jesus went to the cross and didn't say a word to, re- to that would get him off the cross, What's keeping his mouth closed is love. His love for us. His love for us. His love for the Father. To do what the Father asked him to do. When Jesus goes to hell, what has him take back the keys? Love. And when Jesus gets up, why does he get up? Love gets him up. So what you need to understand is that love is not some lily-livered, weak, get-kicked-in-the-mouth thing. It is the superior force. 
It is the superior source and it's more powerful than anything yes, else yes. in the world. When love, they say love conquers all, they really mean the love of God the is what conquers God. all. Yes, yes. What conquers it's, the, all. it's the power working in us. It's the power. Yes. So in Ephesians 3.20, it says, now unto him, who? God, God. who is able yes. to do exceeding abundantly above all, above that, all. that we can yes. ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Uh, and the what's power. That, and what's that power? Love. love. Now, how do you know that's love? That is love. Go back and read the first two, the first, the first chapter of Ephesians and the third chapter of yep. Ephesians. He's talking about that the love of God will be shed abroad in your heart, that you would be rooted and grounded mm -hmm. in love. Yes. God wants us to be rooted and grounded in love. Why? Because if we are rooted and grounded in love, nothing can shake us. Yes. When we are rooted and grounded in love, nobody pulls us out of that's character. Right. When we are rooted and grounded in love, we don't let our faith grow. When we are rooted and grounded in love, our desire is to please God, even if other people think we're stupid for doing it. It is preeminent. You have to give the love of God first place. Now, I, I love what you said, though. You don't lose your train of thought. But when you are walking in the love of God, you don't let anybody or anything pull you out of character. You don't, you know, when we were early, early in ministry, our prayer was, Lord, don't take us anywhere. Our character can't keep us. That that was that was literally our prayer. Lord, don't take us anywhere that our character can't keep us. Well, well how, do you, how do you keep your character? You don't keep your character by learning to be a chameleon and, and learning how to flow in every group you in. You learn to keep your character by becoming consistent. And the way you become consistent mm -hmm. is you find out how to walk in the love of God. Because it is God's love that is unchanging. It is God's love that does not change. He loves us the same way today as he did before we were born. And yeah. in the same way after we leave this earth. His love is consistent. The Bible says, I am the Lord God and I change not. Well, if he's the Lord God and he doesn't change and God is love, then guess what that says about love? Love doesn't change. So if love doesn't change and I learn to submerge myself in God's love, then regardless to what's happening around me, regardless to which situation I find myself, regardless to how some how wicked somebody is behaving toward me, I don't allow that to pull me out of my character. And I can't express that enough. If you allow people to pull you out of your character, then they become your God. Because whoever controls you or whatever controls you is your God. That's why you've got to learn to, to develop in that fruit of the spirit that aspect of it known as self-control. Love will help you develop self-control. Mm -hmm. And you've got to learn to develop self-control if you're ever going to be a person who can stay in character. And why is it so important to stay in character? Because your character will speak, will speak for you even in your absence. When you are not even there, if you have been a person who's been consistent in having a godly character and someone tries to accuse you or blame you or somebody tries to say it was you that did something wrong, but your consistency will begin to speak for you even in your absence. And that's what's so good to me about the love of God. It's the love of God will do things for you even when you're not available to do it for yourself. No, I love that. I love that. And I think the thing is, is that because we, we've got, the Bible says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think that what happens is, is that we define a word, but it's not how God defines it. Right. 
And in and too many people in the kingdom have misrepresented what God says by love. Mm -hmm. So now we equate love to being, oh, I'm gonna let them run over me. No, no, no. no. Jesus no. never let no. anybody no. run over no. them. But what it says is that I'm not gonna let you pull me out of the will of the Father. One of the things that we say is if you want to know who your real God is, find out what you have to get permission from to say yes to God. Mm -hmm. So when you can't forgive your father, your natural father, because he wasn't there for you, then as much as you think you don't dislike, you dislike your natural father, he actually is your God because now you are letting him stand in place of what God said, which is to forgive and to mm -hmm. release, right? Mm -hmm. And so I want to throw this in because we're talking about love being pre imminent it being above everything else right one of the things that god tells us is that we are to make the world a better place yeah. we are supposed to make the world a representation of the kingdom of god and some of you will think i'm picking on you but i'm not many times when believers live in apartment complexes they miss the opportunity to display the love of god what do i mean they get they're mad because their neighbors are loud they're mad because somebody parks in their parking space. They're mad because some kid is outside unsupervised. And one of the questions that I always want to ask is, but did you pray for them? Mm -hmm. Did you pray for them? Did you ever consider that maybe God put you in that particular apartment complex because he wants you to release heaven? I'm not talking about you out there trying to police the people, but I'm talking about did you ever consider that when God puts you in a job and the people are difficult, that you're supposed to operate in the love of God to such a degree that it transforms the environment around you? I think that many times as believers, we believe that because we're believers, everything should be easy. Mm -hmm. There should never be a space where we have to be light and push back darkness. But that's one of the terms that God gives us. He calls us light. We're supposed to be light. So if we're going to be light, then that must mean what? There's some darkness where he's going to send us. Mm -hmm. And so I just have a, a, a quick testimony about love being preeminent. Um, I had a lady several years ago who didn't like me for whatever reason. And she made me, she made it a point to tell everybody how much she didn't like me, why she didn't like me. And anybody who really knows me knows that I had a real super simple solution for that which was to really get her toe and mush her in the face if she didn't stop. And the Lord said to me, he said, I want you to pray for her first every day. Wait, what? How many of us really pray for people we don't like every day? It's easy to pray for you. <laughs> and not some 109. So, not some 109. Because right? <laughs> that's a different kind of prayer. Right. It's, it's easy to pray for your husband. It's easy to pray for your kids. But how many of us can God really use to pray for people that we don't like and we know don't like us? Mm -hmm. And so he said, I want you to pray for her every day. And I'm going to tell y'all the truth. I didn't have a good attitude when this thing first started. But one of the things we talk about is that the love of God can be developed. Mm -hmm. God used this lady who didn't like me to develop me. He said, I want you to pray for her first. Before your husband, before your kids, before yourself, every day. The first 10 days, I had a bad attitude about it. But, but I was obeying. But, but I was doing did. it. Sometimes you have, and I, I tell people that all the time, when you're learning to walk with God, people can talk about how well, I did it with a bad attitude. But did you do it? But did you because do it? Because if you can get started doing it, he can fix your attitude. 
But you gotta get started. So you yes. did it for the first ten days. For well, the did first it. ten days, I did it, and then what God began to do was begin to show me that a lot of her issues with me didn't have anything to do with me. They typically never do. He started to give me wisdom and insight. But one of the things I've learned is that God is not going to give you a bunch of insight about a person that you despise because you'll use it as a weapon against them, mm -hmm. right? So He had to turn my heart towards her so He could teach me how to pray for her. Yes. At the end of the thirty days, He asked me to send her some flowers. Remember this? Yep. He said, I want you to send her some flowers. So y'all, I took myself up to that little florist and I wrote on the first card, I sent you these flowers because God blocked it. See, because I was still going to be petty yep. even though yep. I sent the flowers. Yep. He was like, no ma'am, that is not what goes on that card. And so I literally had to leave. Because that wasn't coming from a place of love. It was not coming from a right. place of love. That was coming from a place of superiority. Right. I should have mushed you in your face because I know you talk about me, but I'm going to be the bigger person and send you some flowers. He said, no, ma'am, that's not what we're going to do. I literally had to leave the florist. I came back the next day. He said, this is what I want you to write on the card. I wrote it on the card. I sent the flowers. Listen. And it must have been maybe two months later, she reached out to me and said, I want to apologize for how I treated you. That card changed my life because it showed me that God cared about me. Look at God. Look at God. Look at God. Now, in, in the beginning, if God had said to me, Sean, I want to use this situation to change her, I would have been like, I don't really care about that. Right. But he uses the law of love to develop us. Will you let him develop you? Mm -hmm. Will you let him develop you? In first in John 13 and 34, he says, A new commandment that I give you, yes. that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Before I pass this, toss this ball back to Pastor Strick, but I, I want it. you to think about this. How many people loved you even when you're difficult? How many people still love you even when you're mm -hmm. difficult right now? Yeah. When you're stubborn, when you're not agreeable, when you got a bad attitude. See, sometimes what we can do is we can get arrogant in our yes. progress yeah. and act like we don't have any flaws. Mm -hmm. I think you got to restart that one. Okay. Instagram, we coming back. Um, and we can get arrogant in our character. We can get arrogant and start to think. Romans twelve and three says we can think we're more. We can think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. And so then we start to act like we're the prize, and no one else is having to manage life to be with us. But how many people have helped you when you when when you were didn't do right, and how many people gave you another chance when you didn't follow yes. the instructions? He says, love them. Yes. Love one another as I have loved you. Yes. And if we are honest, we have all disobeyed God. Oh, we have all gone our own way. That's why we needed Jesus on the cross. Because we've all done things our own way. So I am challenging you to love people, to invite the Holy Spirit, to teach you to love people, your difficult neighbors, your difficult co-workers, the difficult people in your family, to teach you how to be light, to develop you in the love of God. He'll begin to say to you, do this for them. Send them a text. I know that they acted that way. Do this. And when you know you're doing it for him, you won't feel like you're yes. being taken advantage of. Absolutely. So I'm tossing it back to you. And I'm telling you that the John, John 13, 34, the first part of that scripture is something that I always use as my litmus test. Mm. Because it says, a new commandment I give unto you, watch this, that you love one another as I have loved you. It's important to know who's speaking here because, it, because it's Jesus speaking. He says, I want you to love each other 
in the same way that I have loved you. And if you stop and pause and think, how many times have I myself personally violated that? Mm -hmm. That I could not love someone in the way that Jesus uh, actually loved me. You know, and, and so that's, that's that's an incredible statement there. And until until love is cultivated, really nothing else is going to work in our life. Which is why I love what we're going to talk about for just a moment is this idea of what love is. Can I say one more thing? Absolutely. Um, I see people in the comments saying it's hard to do. It's only hard to do because there is a, anything God asks you to do. This is important to understand. There is a grace to do anything God asks you to do. And, and not just the grace to do it. He's never asking us to do it in our own human capacity. Yes. That's why it's hard. Anything that's ever been hard for us to do as humans is because we try to do it in our own human ability. People say, what do you mean in your own human ability? you got to tap into something that's bigger than that. We spent five weeks talking about the supernatural powers of God and how God wanted to do all this supernatural stuff in our life. Learning to love is a supernatural act. It's a supernatural act. We're not talking about fila love. We're not. Ta we're talking about the supernatural power of God. And this is where I challenge you to check your belief system. How can you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? But he cannot give you the grace. It wasn't hard for God to raise Jesus from the dead. He spoke a word and it did. The hard part is our mind. The hard part is where we're arguing against because it doesn't make sense. Where fear says you're gonna look like a fool, you're gonna make a you're gonna they're gonna take advantage of you. But there is a grace, a supernatural power to walk in love. That's what you need to ask for. Not my own will, not my own strength, because there is an end to what we go do for people. Yes. But there is a supernatural grace. Somebody say supernatural. Supernatural, supernatural, grace. supernatural grace. Just type that in the I'm going to say, I have supernatural grace to love. I have supernatural, I have grace, supernatural to grace to love. Listen, you ought to be making it. And if you have to, make that confession every day for the next seven days. I have supernatural ability to love. It's one of the things, the reasons people really struggle in marriage. Because marriage is a supernatural covenant. It's not a natural joint. Right. A marriage that God puts together is a supernatural right. covenant. You may have a civil uh, contract, but, but if it's a marriage, it's more than that. It's a supernatural covenant, right? That means you need a supernatural love to stay married. Now, we may get together. We may like each other because... I think he cute. He think I'm cute. We got a good personality. But to do the covenant called marriage, yes. you're going to need supernatural love. Why? Because you're not going to live with somebody for your life and they don't get on your nerves. That's right. And they don't rub you wrong. And they don't make you want to punch them. And they don't make you want to pack your bags and leave. He says, but I'm going to give you my love. So you're going to love. You're going to love that person. I'm going to love that person through you. That's really what God does in marriage. He loves your spouse through you. And then if we get offended, if we get frustrated, if we get aggravated, we want to cut off that flow of love. Mm -hmm. And that's why people start doing the things they do in marriage. But I'm telling you, marriage is a supernatural covenant that requires the supernatural love of God, not dripping like a little leak on your pot. It, the water needs to be on and it needs to flow. Yes. And everybody needs to understand why everybody needs to function in the love of God. And that is because no matter how great you think you are, somebody can't stand you. 
No, no, no. I need, I need you to say No matter how great you think you are, there is somebody who can't stand you. They don't like the sight of you. Your voice irritates them. <laughs> the way you move makes them cringe. They don't like you. And so they need to have the love Hold of on. God so that they can actually uh, function with you. And there are probably people you feel that way about. And that's why you need the love of God so you can function that way with them. Because no matter what you think, you can be difficult to love. And I think it's important because a lot of times when we talk about people not liking us, we put it all on them. But sometimes it's you. Yes. Sometimes it is me. Sometimes your personality is just quirky to them. And, 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 but, but that doesn't give them an excuse to, to violate or, or to violate John 13, 34, which says a new commandment I give you that you love your neighbor as I have loved you. You don't get to violate that because you don't like their personality. And so, you know, when we you, 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 I, you said that the love of God was preeminent and I like that word. It means to be uh, whatever above first place. And, and there is no better illustration of that, I think, in the Bible than in uh, 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. Mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, verse 1 through 13. I'm going to read it, but I'm going to read it out of the message translation. And I believe uh, somebody out there can, can put that in there if you need to see it. But you've read this many times before, but I just want you to hear how love responds. Because if you're not responding this way, but yet you're saying you, you love God, maybe you need to, to look in the mirror this morning where love is concerned. You cannot experience the fullness of the things of God without first developing your love walk. You have to develop your love walk. In the same way that you have to go to the gym, you have to exercise, do cardio, do weights, eat right, in order to get a great looking body. The same thing is true when it comes to the love of God. You're going to have to spend some time understanding that love. And then watch this. That love is going to have to get tested. Something's going to happen, and I want you to be prepared for it. Something's going to going to happen to help you see how far you have developed. Yeah, and, and, and don't and don't don't get me wrong. God ain't doing it to you. No, no, no. If anything, the enemy is doing it to you because he wants to see whether you will persevere and stick to the development process. You know, it's easy when you start going to the gym and working out that if you don't see some results soon enough, that you kind of just quit going. You kind of just be like, you know what, all this eating healthy for the last 90 days and I ain't lost for five pounds. I don't know about this. I mean, it's easy to give up. But the, the enemy wants to see whether he can put enough pressure on you to cause you to give up what you say is important, which is walking in the love of God. Which is why if you develop developing the love of God, when the pressure comes, you will be able to stand the test. Yes. Many of us, we fade out. We, we, we cave in and quit. Because we aren't developed with, because love is great in theory, but when it's time to apply it, it's like, man, I ain't apologizing no more. I'm not doing that. But he says, I want you to grow up and be rooted and grounded in love. I can't wait for you to read first. Well, and, and I'm going to read, but, but, but one of the things I'll say is that, you know, as pastors, we know personally how important this is. Mm -hmm. Because you and I both have the kind of personality that if you come for us, we don't retreat. We, we're not we're, we're not retreaters. So so we we, we live by uh, let, let, it ain't got a lot for the people. Let's be honest. We live by the model. We stalk the stalker. If if we find out you stalking us, you'll be looking at us while we're looking at you in the bushes, looking at you. We don't we don't run from it. But because that was our personality, God had to teach us that we didn't respond to every negative thing somebody said about us, especially when people come to us for assistance. 
and we help them, and then they go out and lie about that whole situation. You better have some love because the Bible says the love of God will constrain you. Constrain. So it is the love of God that constrains a person. It's the thing that helps you develop your character. That's what I was talking about earlier. That's why the love of God is so important. So if you are like me and Sean, you kind of an aggressive aggressive rather than a passive aggressive person. If you're the person who, who don't mind that smoke, you really need to develop in the love of God because if not, the enemy will always use other people to do things to pull you out of your character. Amen? Amen. Caleb was, um, he was explaining to me what the word stand meant yesterday, that, you know, someone is a stand. And, um, oh, we stand for, he says, not stand for somebody, just you are a stand. And he says, a stand is a person who is willing to go ham for somebody else, right? We really had to be developed in the love of God because we both can get really aggressive if you come for people we love. And, and we are staying of each other. We are definitely <laughs> staying for each other. However you're supposed to say it, Ariel fix it for us later, right? But so I've had to learn that there are times um, when Pastor Ellen was running for school board and somebody would call him the N-word, I am ready to throw down all the love of God we got. I'm about to, I got something for you, right? And then he would be like, babe, remember character, remember the love of God. Even then, I'm not really doing it with a great attitude. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Who, now, who called you the N-word? Let me run up on them. But if we had not had years of yes. exercising that kind of restraint, many people in marriage, I keep coming back to marriage or with your kids, you haven't practiced exercise and restraint, which is why when they rub you wrong, you just vomit, yeah. you yeah. say anything, you do anything. But I am so thankful for all of these lessons that don't necessarily feel good at the time. But there is something beautiful about getting to the point that your greatest desire is to please God. Yeah. So even if you have to keep your mouth closed crying, you'd rather cry and keep your mouth closed than to disappoint God. And I'm competitive. You know, when it comes to when it comes to things like 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 winning or losing, I refuse to allow the enemy to pull me out of my character. Yes. Because every time he pulls me out of my character, it's a win for him. And mm -hmm. I was oh that's good. No, I don't say that again. refuse to let him win. I am too competitive. And so if, if, if the only way for me to win is to develop deeper and deeper and deeper in the love of God, I'm willing to do whatever is necessary in the past, whatever test it is, because I hate losing. And, I, and I ain't, I'm not about to let the enemy have somebody, use somebody to pull me out of my character. And the enemy is, and, and, you know, we talk about the enemy being uh, stupid and dumb and not knowing anything. And, and, and that's true compared to God. Mm -hmm. but, but the Bible says, be not deceived, right? That we, we have an adversary and that that adversary is the prince of this world. And so he knows exactly the right time, the right place, and the right person to use to try to snatch you out of your character if you haven't been practicing this thing called the love of God, if you haven't been developing and walking in the love of God. So I think, I don't even know if you'll get to everything else you want to say today, but I think that you just said the rhyme of word that will help a lot of people on this broadcast. Understanding that every time the enemy pulls you out of character, that's a win, it's a win for him. him. It's a win for him. Anybody out there who is a champion and you don't like to lose. So understand that keeping your yeah. mouth closed, that speaking the thing in love, giving when he tells you to give, forgiving quickly, not holding yeah. offense, 
That is how you beat him. That's how you win. And that is what we have to renew our minds yeah. to. I had to renew my mind that the win wasn't being able to read the person that said something disrespectful. The re that didn't mean God don't ever let you say anything bad. Mm -hmm. That's not what we're saying. The point is that we don't want to give the enemy. Jesus has already done the heavy lifting. We don't want to take the bait. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says we are drawn away by the lust of our own mm -hmm. flesh. So when the enemy comes for you, so when he comes for somebody like you and me, it's to get us to respond quick because that is the lust mm -hmm. that's in our flesh mm -hmm. to check somebody, right? For somebody who may be passive aggressive, it's the lust in your flesh to say, always oh, cool when you know you're going to let the air out their tires when they're not looking, right? So we don't want to take the bait. And that's why we have to let the love of God constrain us. Absolutely. Sean, don't say that right now. Hey, Edwin, take that Facebook post yep. down. Yep. Hey, don't go in there and have that conversation because we don't want to give him the power to win. Yes. So let me read this because there's, there's another point after first after uh, First Corinthians that I want us to get to. And we so let me read this. Just listen to this. This is First Corinthians, uh, the thirteenth chapter, one through uh, thirteen, and, and, and it's out of the Message translation, and it just reads like a great story. It says, "If I speak with human eloquence." In angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I am nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. It says, if I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and the mountain jumps, but I don't love, then I am nothing. Verse 3 through 7 says, if I give everything I own to the poor, and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr. But I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, no matter what I believe, no matter what I do, watch this. I am bankrupt without love. You ought to type that in the comment section. I am bankrupt without love. He says you can give everything you got to the poor. You can be martyred. You can have so much faith. You can speak to a mountain and a mountain will obey you. He says, but if you don't have love, you are bankrupt. He says love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for itself. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. In other words, love doesn't covet. Love doesn't strut around. Love doesn't have a swell head. Love doesn't force itself on others. Love isn't always I'm talking about me first. Love doesn't fly off the handle. Love doesn't keep score of other people's wrongs. Love doesn't reveal when others grovel. Love takes grovel. Uh, love takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Love puts up with any, love puts up with anything. Now, now, when it says love puts up with anything, I always have to stop there because we're not. He's not saying love puts up with abuse. What he's saying is that love puts up with anything in terms of whatever comes your way. Love can handle it. Love can deal with it. That even if you have found yourself in an abusive relationship, you can do the natural things that's required to get out of the relationship without falling into hate. Yeah. Love has the ability to put up with anything. And then it says, love trusts God always. Love always looks for the best. Love never looks back, but it keeps going all the way to the end. We're going to skip down uh, to verse, well, well, verse 10 says, love never dies. And then in verse 11, it says this. It says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. 
I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. In other words, he says, when I was a child, I behaved as a child behaves. How does a child behave? Whatever a kid wants, they want it right then. If you tell them no, they have a, tantrum, a temper tantrum. Uh, they, they only think about themselves. He says, well, he says, and that's how I used to behave before I knew God's love. Amen. He said, before I knew God's love, I was like a child. He said, but at some point I grew up. At some point I had some spiritual development. At some point I heard a teaching about the love of God. At some point I realized that, that God's love is preeminent. At some point I realized that God's love is superior to everything else I was trying to do. He says, Paul says, and I grew up. And when I grew up, I became a man. In other words, I became an adult. And then I put away childish things and started behaving as an adult. This morning, we're asking you to begin the process of putting away childish things, Amen. which is not walking in the love of God, and to pick up the adult things of the kingdom, which is walking in the love of God. Amen? Amen. So, so, so when you're a child, uh, you, you, you only are thinking about yourself. But when you become an adult, you have more of a world view, more of a collective view. A kingdom, a kingdom view. view. And, that's, and that right there is, is what's so important. And the last point that we're going to talk about is this whole idea that, yes, walking in love, and I think this is so important when we talk about it, walking in love will cost you something. Walking in love will cost you something. Really? I just want to say next week we're going to come back together again, and we're going to walk through 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. It's so much good meat there that will really help you grow up. Because there are two things um, that I love from there. One is that one of the ways you know you're walking in love is that you don't rejoice when bad things happen to people, even if you think they deserve it. Yep. You don't rejoice. And the other thing is that love believes the best. I want you to pay attention to how you respond when you hear about people that you don't really like. Mm -hmm. Does Do you believe the best about them? Can the Lord even use you to speak prophetic words? I say all the time, a lot of people who think that they're prophetic are really just suspicious. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take a prophetic nature to call out what's wrong with people. Gideon was hiding in a wine press and God said to him, hey, you a mighty man of valor. He's hiding. Everything about him looks like he's a, he's afraid. Yeah. And God says, but this is who you really are. One of the benefits to walking in love is that God can show you who somebody really is so you can partner with God to call them out of darkness into light. It's easy to call a chair a chair. Yes. And if you see a chair and you know it's a chair, it's easy to call a chair a chair. But can you, do you have the ability, do you have the power and the love of God working on the inside of you so that when you see a pile of dirt, you know it's gold inside of come you? Come on, come can on. Can you dig gold out of, out, 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 of, out of somebody? Can you call out of them what, what God has put in them when even they can't see it in themselves? Yes, and what the love of God will do is it will help you call Jesus out of people, yes. the greatness yes. out of people. Yes. But walking in love is going to cost you something. Yes. Tell your neighbor, say, it's going to cost you something. Walking in love is going to cost me something. Um, there's a scripture, I don't know where it is off the top of my head, but it says, if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it. Yep. So if you, if you will have to give up your right 
to live life your own way, to walk your Give love. up your right to always be right. You'll have to give up your right to always be right. You'll have to give up your right to hold grudges. You will have to give up your right to be offended. You will have to give up your right to do the things that seem the most natural. And you know what all that's called? What? Discipleship. Discipleship. It's, it's called, called discipleship. discipleship. You, you're going to have to become a disciple. Anybody who is a disciple has to strip down everything they used to have and rebuild up in something new. Yeah. And that's what it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you that quick-witted tongue you got. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you uh, and, and learn to develop. Put a guard on that mouth. Put a guard on that mouth and learn to develop some patience and some long-suffering and some kindness and some meekness and all the stuff that you may not have been used to. That's what walking in love will cost you. You know, I, I think it, it, you'll be cool with telling this story. Because our styles of even preparing to teach are so different. Years ago, when preparing to teach, we almost never prepared to teach without getting into an argument. Because we both had it in our mind that the way we wanted to do it was the right way. Yep. But as we grew up in the love of God, we realized that our way, that there is not just one right way to prepare for a message. Right. And we learned and we now laugh and think about some of the ways that we would get into it, getting ready to teach together because we're so different in how we do well, it. Even, even last night, I mean, you you had done, you had been working all week long. You had your, your 30 days of healing. You had been on uh, Tuesday night prayer. Uh, you, you came and joined the rest Wednesday night after you got through with your class. Uh, we had we had we had done our our, our we had done Friday. Thursday. Me and Shonda had done Thursday. Thursday. You was with Ralph on Wednesday, on Tuesday with prayer, on Friday we did the marriage thing. We 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 worked yesterday on marriage essentials, and then we went walking and everything. Well, we still needed to kind of get prepared for today. We knew what we was going to talk about from last week, but 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 it was important for me. To, to synthesize how we were going to go. So you went to bed. You went to sleep. I stayed and put the notes together, and here we are. No issue, no problem, because we both had to learn to grow up and allow the other person to be who they are and be okay with, with doing it. And I think the reality of it is, is that I knew those note, notes were important to you. Everybody knows that notes right. are important to you, right? I had read over the scriptures. So, And, and here's something about walking in love. I know the notes and the order are more important to you than they are to me. Right. So part of walking in love is that I don't have to insert my thing and be like, no, we're going to do this way. But part of walking in love was being able to say, I was tapped out. Yes. And I really needed to go to bed because staying up, well, I was not going to be in the best state of walking in love, putting the message together. And walking in love says, hey, even if we have a note and you go off script, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We have, we have them. And if you go off script, that's okay. We'll get back. Because that's what walking in love is about. One of the things I think that God has really done for us in the love of God, and then I'll go to the point you want me to make about costing. Well, but this is the time that causes about, something. Yeah, sure is. He's taught us that uh, we are a body of Christ mm -hmm. with many parts. Yep. And that we don't have to try to make the other person be like us. Nope. 
Pastor Cynthia used to say to us all the time when we would be arguing about how to do something. Because when we used to argue, we would take our issues to our spiritual parents. Now that's another thing that's that we talked about. That's a whole other <laughs> teaching. Because our so our 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 wisdom is this: if you're smart enough to figure it out, you can figure it out. Right. But if you need to figure it out, if you need some help to figure it out, you then do what those people you told you to do because you couldn't figure it out by yourself. And she would say to us, we would call her sometimes with something we couldn't figure out, and she say, "You both right." You both right. She said you the you 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 the opposite you the opposite side, side of the, the same, same coin. She said you both right. She said if you will ever learn how to see the value that the other side of the yep. coin has, some of this would go away. So oh, that's home. Say, say that again. If you would ever learn to see the value that the other side of the coin has, some of this distress and strife would go away. If you would just hear that. And apply that not just to marriage, but even some of the people you got fought with. Yes. Even some of the people you got fought with, y'all angry at each other. But the truth is, both of y'all right. You, you different perspectives, but both of y'all right. But if you learn to perfect the love of God and allow the love of God to exude up to the top of the problem, you can solve that problem. Yes, yes, yes. So it'll cost you something, and 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 some of it it will cost it, it will cost. It, it will cost you this need to always be right. Yeah. It will cost you this need to always be in control. It will cost you, but it will give you so much more. Oh yeah. It will give you this freedom. You know, one of the things is that everybody who knows me knows that I'm a very big picture person. I, I'm not a really detailed person. Anybody who works with me on ministry stuff, works with me on my business stuff, all my administrators, all the details you see, they do that. I'm really big picture. You are very detailed. Yeah. And for a while, our relationship was really out of whack because we had been taught that the way ministry works is that I should be the more detailed person and he should be the big picture person. Right. And we literally were driving each other crazy yeah. trying to operate in. What does that have to do with love? Part of love is respecting what's in other people. Mm -hmm. It is seeing the gifting in other people. And you know when our life changed? When I just went, babe, I, I can't do all these details. That's not my superpower. I'm not good at that. And then babe said, I don't like all that brainstorming. Listen, y'all narrow it down to what we're going to do, and I will help you figure out the best way to get it done. That changed our lives, but we had to be willing to give up the ego part of us that felt like mm. we needed to... What which, 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 which goes, you said, no, you said give up the ego part of us, which goes back to the idea that when you walk in love, it will force or forge you to develop your character. Yes, it will force to develop your it will, character. It will force you to develop your character. And what I had to give up, because perfect love cast out fear, mm -hmm. right? So for me, it began to work like this. God loved me so much that he gave me a husband that had all the strengths that I don't have. Mm -hmm. Now, what we do sometimes is we get offended with people who have strengths that we don't have mm -hmm. because they expose that we don't have them. Yeah. But the whole purpose of covenant, guys, the in the Bible, purpose, the, whole, the purpose. whole purpose of covenant in the Bible is that uh, 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 some some farmers yeah. would get together with some people who went to war yeah. because the war people couldn't farm and the farm people couldn't fight but together they had food and protection yeah. so part of love is that when you begin to understand the people god has put in your life because we don't i don't want to just talk about how we treat our enemies 
I want to talk about how we really value the people God gave us. Right, because those are the ones we tend to mistreat the most. Yes. People we, who are closest to us. And when I really began to understand that it didn't make me less than because you had these strengths that I didn't have, right. and that if I would if I would admit that those weren't my superpowers, and I would let you do what you did, yep. That I would look 20 times better than I could by myself. And I think that for you, you know, that it was good to admit that you, to be able to finally say, I don't like all this yeah. brainstorming. That's not how my brain works. Yeah. And so when we are in relationship with people, part of love is that we really let God show us who other people are. Mm -hmm. So we don't try to beat them into being us. And, 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 the, and the people that we see must be worthy of love because God loved them. Yes, that's good. They must be worthy. So I need to find in them what God sees. Mm -hmm. That's why he says, I give you a new commandment. I keep going back to that. He says, I give you a new commandment. And that is that you love your neighbor as I have loved you. So he says, hey, I found something great in you. I loved you. You can find something great in your neighbor to love. And I'm not saying that, 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 that it's easy if we try to do it in our human efforts. Mm -hmm. But when we tap into in, into the power that work in the Ephesians 3.20, you know, that, that power that can, can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think, when we tap into that, we can love anybody, yeah. period. So practically, I want to challenge you this week to pick one person that irritates you mm -hmm. and ask God to show you what he sees about them. Yep. Just one person. I'm not saying some person who tormented you, if you was tortured, if you was raped, molested. I'm not talking about that. But just somebody who rubs you wrong. It could be something your spouse does that rubs yeah. you wrong. Something one of your kids does that rubs you wrong. I challenge you this week to ask the Holy Spirit to teach you what he sees yes. about that person. Yes. Because walking in love is going to cost you something. But what you gain, yeah. the self-control you gain. The freedom. And for me, you know what I really gained? Having to say I'm sorry to the Lord mm -hmm. because he told me not to say it and mm -hmm. I, I had to say mm -hmm. it and now I not only got now I need his help to fix the yep. mess. Yep. And then I gotta tell him I'm sorry for needing the help. And so can we come back next week and talk first Corinthians? We can yeah, sure. We can come back. Come back I love come that we can talk about first Corinthians because we already got the notes right here, right? And so just walking in love, remember this, guys. Walking in love is not a suggestion. It is not a suggestion. It's not a suggestion. But what? It's a commandment. A commandment. It's, it's a, a commandment for you. It's, it's a commandment. It's, it's, it's not, hey, you know, if, if the sun is shining, it's a beautiful day, and the birds are singing, and the wind is blowing the trees, you should walk in love. But when it's gray out, and it's cloudy, and you don't feel like going to work, then it's okay to be rude to people. Nope. It says that walking in love is a requirement or a commandment, not just a suggestion. Amen. Amen. So we, you know, we love you guys and we hope you got something out of this. If you got something out of this, can you just share one thing you got out of this message? One thing you're gonna work on, how you're gonna grow, one way you shift it. And then we And if it bless you, give us some hearts. Go ahead and give some hearts and some some happy faces. Uh, if, if it blessed you, uh, as you're typing in there, what you get out, you know, if you got something from today's lesson. And I want to tell you, you know, this is one of the messages. We say that some stuff in the body of Christ is sexy. Increase, promotion, all of that is sexy talk. People like to talk about that. 
These kind of things that really challenge us to grow up, they're not necessarily sexy, but they fortify us to be able to stand in the next level that God has for us, right? Well, it's like lifting weights ain't necessarily sexy, but you like what the body looks like when you get through. This is true. You like what that body looks like when you get through. You get, you get all lean and shredded and everything looks good when you're at the beach, right? Right. Well, well that's what we're doing right now. We are we are lifting the we're weights. Shredding. We are lifting the weight and shredding. Uh, all the crap all out of our lives so that our lives look glorious in, in, when, when we're presented uh, to the world. I love that. That's so good. So, you know, if FOC partners, we want to challenge you to bring your tithes and offering in. And this is what I want to challenge you in your giving today because everything in the kingdom should done, be done by love. Yep. Whatever you give today, whoever you bless this week, do it from a place of love. Mm -hmm. Do it from a place of love. Some people hold on to their um to hold on to their resources because they're afraid. Some people give and they give out of obligation or they give so they can stand over somebody and talk about what they gave. Mm -hmm. But whatever you give today, if you bring your tithes and offering, give it out of love. You can give on push pay, the link is there. You can give on Givelify, you can give on Tidally, or you can text to give. The number to text to give is 833 nine six nine oh eight nine seven you just text the word give to eight three three nine six nine oh eight nine seven and i really want to encourage our partners or those who who especially those in northwest arkansas who who attend with us locally listen i know that some of us haven't been at church and some of us are used to giving our tithe through through cash or check we haven't been able to do that for six weeks, and it looks like we're going to go another four or five before we're able to safely uh, resume meeting. I'm encouraging you. Uh, don't wait till we come back together and, and do that all at once. Use one of the giving options that we have. Remember uh, that we, we are still committed to our scholarship fund. Uh, and for those who don't know what I'm talking about, we, we are committed to giving uh, $10,000 to every graduating senior uh, every year. Uh, we do that. We give them a scholarship where we give them a certain amount of money uh, equally over eight semesters, uh, $1,250 to help defray uh, any of their educational costs. And we're believing that soon, uh, very soon, that we'll be able to, to, to give full scholarships to college. Amen. But we can only do that with your support. And so, partners, I'm asking you to take care of your responsibilities where your tithing offerings are concerned. And then those of you that are listening, if this message has blessed you, if you've enjoyed this, then you too can give toward that. You can give, uh, if you have a local ecclesia, a local church that you go to, we encourage you to give your tithes there. But if the Lord tells you to sow into our ministry, you can do so with an offering. Or if you'd like to give to the scholarship fund, you can certainly do that. And you can give through PushPay, you can give through Givelify, you can give through Tidally, or you can text to give. And each of those have different funds set up. So all you have to do is designate where you like those funds to go. And I tell you that we are, I can say without a doubt, we are a ministry of integrity. We are. Yeah, whenever, we, whenever we get money, we do exactly what's supposed to be done with it, uh, and we will continue to do so because our obligation, more than to you, is to God. Amen? Amen. I love this. i got to shout out the IG people because you know okay. the IG yeah. people yeah. are younger, right? Yeah. Yeah. The IG people are younger, so their comments hit different, right? Okay. And so uh, we got people over here saying we stand FOC. I love it. They're I teaching love us it. the right way to do we it, right? Listen, I stand FOC, too. I stand <laughs> FOC, too, right, like? And um, um, Sha says, go ahead and put your tithes on auto pay. I love that. Yep. Listen, she yep. a millennial. I like when the millennials talk like that, yep. right? And so because so many people say things about the millennials, and but they got good in them too. 
They just want to know and see that you're about what you say you're about. Yes, and that's you what you're going to do. If you do what you say, millennials ain't got no problem. I tell people all the time, millennials ain't got problem with church. They got problem with church people. That's their issue. They ain't got no issue with, with, with serving God and loving God and honoring God, but they like, you ain't going to be telling me to do one thing and you're doing another. They want to see you live out what you're talking about. That's exactly right. And so I want to tell you this, especially for the scholarship fund. Those of you who give to that, keep giving because, you know, we have two kids in college. Yeah. And one of the things we know is that even if they don't go back to the building, they still going to take tuition. Yeah. Yeah. Even a lot of colleges, universities are saying that they may not go back in the fall, but they're still going to have online school. And we want to be able to cover that. Listen, all other millennials over here talking about that's it. That's what we want. I and I want to say this to the people who are on, on Facebook who may not you may not sit down and listen to millennials. They do they don't have any issue they with don't. Jesus. They don't. they don't have any issue nope. with submitting to authority. They have issue with people living one way and trying to tell them to live another That's way. It. So some of you parents. If you have been one way at church and been one another way at home, your first step of love, your first step of love could be to repent to your child. Yeah. I am sorry that I went to church and acted one way and came home and acted another way. They like, please talk, please yes. talk. And so I just want to tell you, those of you who can't see their comments, they're saying to us, they love Jesus. They want to be a part of the church. They need to. They want. They need to be trained. They need to grow up. And I really am believing that at least for FOC, God is giving us a chance to connect with millennials to not lose a generation. And we're all going to have to learn to speak their language, to see them, to connect with them, mm -hmm. and to not discount everything they do. In the same way we had to learn not Absolutely. to discount each our differences. Yep. Those of us who are older, let's not throw away the millennials and then who's after them? It's Gen Z. I don't, I don't, I don't keep, keep all that with all that. We, 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 we want to be consistent with every group. <laughs> we want to be consistent with every group. So we love you. Give. Come to prayer on Tuesday night. Prayer is only on Facebook. IG people, y'all got to come on over here with us for that. And then come to Bible study on Wednesday night. And we love you and practice your love walk. And if you get a love walk testimony, Somebody you would have cussed out. Somebody you would have. Some of you don't. Somebody you would have snapped on. Somebody you would have snapped on. If you make a little bit of progress, I need y'all to send us a message and, and say. Come, you can come right here on the Fellowship of Champions page on IG and let us know how that testimony went because we want to hear about that. We want to hear about that. So we will see you next week here. But in the meantime, we got prayer on Tuesday night. We have Bible study on Wednesday night. Uh, same this same station, same bat station, same bat bat channel, and then we want to encourage you to give and to expect harvest. Now, before we go, there's still a couple people hanging on. Can you talk to them just real quick about marriage essentials? Oh, just marriage go, essentials! Just, just oh my goodness, marriage essentials! Who gave the marriage essentials on Friday night? It was so hot, it was off the chain. And let me say, marriage essentials. I want to say it up front because people hear that they tune out because they're not married. Marriage essentials is not just for married people. It is for married people, it's for engaged people, it's for people in long-term relationships, it's for people in short-term relationships, it's for people who are single, who don't want to be single the rest of their life. Now, if you want to be single the rest of your life, then it may not apply to you. But if you are hopeful one day that you will not be by yourself, and if you are in a relationship, short-term or long-term, you're engaged, about to be married, 
been married a few years, been married a long time, then marriage essentials is for you. Ari left Facebook to go to IG. She said it's for people. She said if you're a people, come to marriage essentials. Anyway, it's a class we're going to do once a month. On the first Friday night, we did our last one. We had 127 households yep. represented, so over 250 people online, and we talked about just how to build a great relationship. Mm -hmm. And so the next one, the registration is already open. It's $25. And for that $25, you get the live and the replay so you can watch it later. Um, there is a link. I'm going to give you the link right now. Our goal is to get 300 people signed up this time to have 300 people signed up. And so if you are in it, if you are a human being, come to Marriage Essentials yes. June 5th. It's $25. The link is there, but we have a big goal. And listen, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on June 5th. Yeah, we have a big goal, and we're going to ask you to do something for us. If we have ever encouraged you in any way, if he has ever made you laugh, if I know I, I have. And you know, <laughs> if we have ever made you laugh, if we have ever shifted your thinking, if we have ever encouraged you, we would ask you to help us achieve this goal of getting 100 people registered by midnight tonight. $25. Surely, we have helped you in some way that's worth a $25 investment. That's what we're asking Just you tell to your do. Friends about tell it. your friends, come out, do dinner, whatever. We love you so much. Anything else you want to say? Register today. Like, as soon as you get off, click this link and register. Just click, a click and register. You know, last time we had a lot of people waiting to the last minute and the room got full. Listen, go ahead and register today. It's going to be June 5th at 7 p.m. from the comfort of your own home. If you if you, if you got a significant other, then, then you guys can have dinner that night. Uh, you, you can just make that a date night, right? I said, I said the other day, it's, it, we just want to add some tools to your toolbox. There's nothing worse than trying to build an entire house with only one tool, just trying to build it with a hammer. And that's how some relationships are. People are trying to build a relationship, and all they got is some old rusty tools that they picked up from prior relationships that they either saw or were involved in. We want to give you some fresh tools to use so that you can build an amazing relationship. Oh, my God. I forgot something. You almost let me forget something. Forget something. And don't forget on Sunday mornings at 930, oh, yes. Pastor Kristen Valley yes. is leading worship on Kristen Valley Worship. If you, have oh not went, if you have not went to her page, Kristen Valley Worships, go there, click like, and then and then also I see you turn the notifications on so that at 930 on Sunday morning, she kicks off all of this with worship. Yes. Yes, so I'm so sorry, Chris. You did a great job. Absolutely. Thank you, Miguel. You know, man, listen, you Absolutely. really, I wanted to lay down in the floor this morning, but I had to finish putting my makeup on. So, you know, <laughs> we love you guys. God bless you. Thank you to everybody who stick with, who stuck with us. If you haven't liked the IG page, please go like the IG page, connect some people. Um, and we love you guys, and we want to hear your testimony. Yeah, let us hear those testimonies for sure. Let us know how you, how you did this week with walking in love. Let's pray over there, week. Go ahead. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you have more than enough for all of your children. Yes. I thank you that this week that there is divine protection. No weapon formed against your people shall prosper. Every attack of the enemy has become ashes in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the release of wisdom as we walk in love, wisdom and knowledge and instruction that you would show us how to, the way that we should go. I thank you for provision for your people. There is no lack. There is no insufficiency. We have more than enough because you are the all-sufficient God. I thank you for 
for the release of financial provision to that breaks the yes. stress from people's lives in the name of Jesus. I thank you that in this season you're shifting people into new roles, that as we're going into a new normal, God, that you're shifting them. People that were struggling to live paycheck, that were struggling paycheck to paycheck before this, that you will give them new opportunities to elevate so they don't have to struggle. We thank you that you are a good God thank and you God. not only care about us in eternity, you care about us right now. Yes. So we thank you for provision for everything we need this week in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And if you haven't went to Edwin and Sean Strickland, Edwin and Sean Strickland's Facebook page, you should go there, like it, turn your notifications on. We're going to be putting a lot of good, free information in that group. A lot of good, free information in that group is going to help you build some amazing relationships. Our desire and our goal is to build a community of 500 strong marriages. And we want to start with that group. And if you desire to be married someday, you can join that group right now and you can get all the wisdom and tools so that you don't have to fall in all the pitfalls that we fell into and had to dig ourselves out of. Amen. Amen. So if you like, so if you want to do that, go and like every son Strickland. And we will see you here next Sunday. Until then, y'all be blessed. Good teacher, babe.